As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! Welcome to another episode of your next favorite movie podcast. I'm Chris, I'm Chad, and we're taking over the show as usual for this one-time special occasion episode, but wait a minute, wait a minute, I I think I hear something coming through. Hold on, wait a minute. Oh, oh my god, is it who I think it is? Josh, is that you? Yes, I made it. <laughs> to introduce them first. Know that? Nah, dude, you're the, you're the important one. We're 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 here because they were of coming you. up next. But I had to get you flying in, and you know, be like, hey, Josh flew in for the special episode. <laughs> yeah, I flew in. Yes, via helicopter. Yeah. Exactly. But why is it a special episode, you guys? Chad, Josh, anybody want to guess? Because we have hey, our favorite guests here. That there yes, you go. That's true. And Chris is like, well, for one, that's that's number one. <laughs> oh, I guess that's another. But what one. is their names? You got to get it to the people. Yeah, sure. So we are joined by Will Radford and Alan Dunford, creators, writers <gasps> of Hocus Hocus, and the <laughs> there we go. Uh, the new upcoming, uh, upcoming comic, book. comic book currently in its uh, Kickstarter fundraising phase. Grandma Chainsaw. Buzz. 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 Can I just say, in regards to uh, Pocus Hocus, I like like this is how extreme it's getting at this point. Like the the title and the the confusion and all that. I, somebody put on uh, Facebook today that that they uh, had seen Hocus Pocus too, and that that people were were I guess some people on his feed didn't like it, and he said, "What's wrong with?" Hocus Pocus 2. I love Hocus Pocus 2. And, and I thought it said Pocus Hocus. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. He's a self-righteous like, prick. <laughs> people are reading this in, because this gentleman was is located in Huntington. People are reading this in Huntington, but people don't like it, but people do like it. And, and like, it was just this roller coaster of like emotion. And then I was like, oh, that's that's the sequel. I bet you're going, whoa, well, we're that. trending. <laughs> we'll, we'll yeah. see, we'll oh, my gosh. How, yeah. how did yeah. we do yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I look, Chad was confused. He wore a Hocus Pocus shirt thing and he was representing you guys tonight. He yeah. got confused, well, hey. too. Hey, that's, that's, I mean. Yeah. Chad's yeah. always representing us in spirit. And that's all. Well, we're representing <laughs> Hocus Pocus is, is, is good, too, because, uh, uh, Hocus Pocus, I mean, is a is a good movie. I I don't know much about the sequel, but uh, my friend uh, JD and Huntington liked yeah, there it. There you so. go. <laughs> and actually, Chad and I did too. There you we go. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Good. Oh, but yeah. I like the comic. No, I enjoyed it earlier today. So yes. And you know, and it's the power <laughs> of Bette Midler. So I, you know, right beneath their wings, yeah. you can't go wrong, right? True. <laughs> You're yeah, the yeah. wind beneath my legend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yes, as we said, we're here to talk about the upcoming. When is this? This Kickstarter is currently going. When does it end so that we have an end date to get these in? Yeah, so we have not, at the time of recording this, we have 19 days left. So this thing ends at 10 o'clock on October the 20th, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard well, Time. Plenty of time to get your, okay, your fundings and your backings right. and contribute yep. to this. Yes. Earn your coins and give in your coins. Give to the. <laughs> 
wonderful people. <laughs> they are doing amazing God's work, and uh, we they certainly do appreciate it. You know, with all that creativity that Pass God gave around. them. So thank you, fellas. <laughs> And, and with all the talk about God's work, why don't you guys take a minute and tell us about Grandma Chainsaw? <laughs> it was supposed to be a day at the beach, but for four friends, one wrong road will put them on a direct course to being the main course. Her name is Grandma Hazel, a chainsaw-wielding psychopathic cannibal. A beast of the backwoods with a body count higher than a bowl of blood-spattered scotch mints. From the creators of Pocus Hocus. Grandma, no! Grandma Chainsaw. Evil has a perm. Yeah, um, Hazel in this comic is really just doing the Lord's work, right? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Grandma Chainsaw is mine and Will's love letter to the slasher horror fun campy s- stuff that we've grown up watching and that we still watch to this day god um, is it ever yeah. <laughs> so it, it follows the typical tropes but we definitely turn them on their head we don't want to give too much away because uh, you guys were actually fortunate enough to see uh, an extended preview you guys got a chance to see pages one through 17 we were so um, lucky of our 28 god page comics um so it it just follows a a group that gets lost um and we're going to be talking about a lot of movies tonight that have that theming with it a group gets lost and and they end up on grandma hazel's doorstep and she's definitely not as nice and innocent as we would hope uh, a sweet appalachian old lady would be Right. She makes them a nice dinner and sends oh, them home. Lovely. Yes, I mean, and that's the end of the book. Sorry, Will, just ruined the whole thing. <laughs> well, yeah. it's four issues of that. Yes, oh, those are four issues yeah. of all the well, meetings. I mean, that's you, you yeah. got to give credit to Hansel and Gretel that kind of passed that legacy along to the wonderful, uh, you know, older women of that genre. <laughs> yep. So it's funny that you mentioned that yeah. because our two main characters are twins, uh, Hayden and Gabby. And it's a play on Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. That's why we named them the way that we did. Nice. Yep. And does, That's true. does Hazel yeah. have, and, by the it, way, three other friends named like Velma, Thelma, and Hortense? <laughs> and, <laughs> no, we actually uh, we got the name for Hazel because that is the name of my great grandma. <laughs> oh, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> so believe it or not, and I, I'll always love saying this, uh, I actually have a really soft spot for the ger- geriatric population hmm. uh, <laughs> after writing this, right? Uh, I was raised by my grandparents. And so I was able to to really pull that um, over into this and just what Will mentioned it whenever we first wrote the, the script for Grandma Chainsaw 1 was that a lot of this stuff, too, is really a play on new versus old and growing yeah. up with the generational gap of, you know, being raised by your grandparents. You, you see that uh, because you have a totally different perspective mm-hmm. on how things are done and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, we didn't go like hardcore, them, like thematic with it or anything. Cause I mean, right now, especially we just kind of like, we want to do things that are, that are fun and, uh, you know, fun, engaging and, um, aesthetically appealing and, and that kind of thing. But we did touch on that. I feel like that is a little in there a little bit thematically. Like there's just uh, something about, well, the divide in the entire world between old and new right now. And some of that comes through, I think in the comic, just, uh, 
maybe subconsciously at first, but then once we realized it, we we kind of played right. with it a little bit, but nothing nothing too heavy. Well, that's the funny yeah. thing is that yeah. sometimes uh, creators and all this stuff they can write something really fun with not really thinking of the intention that people are going to interpret or see things or unpack stuff from it. That's completely different. Cause you know, Josh, Chad and I, we had just talked about sleepaway camp and Oh my God, I think we've unpacked a lot of things from it that maybe back then the creators were just like, wow, we weren't thinking about that, but that's awesome. So I'm sure there's a lot that people can get from this and what you guys are also bringing it's something that's not really out there, I think, in comics in general, just because one, this is also featuring your uh, an older woman as kind of like that main attraction of sorts. And you don't have a lot of characters like that that are going to carry a book and be this focus of sorts, but also bring not only um, terrifying things to what she's doing, but, uh, you know, also bring the camp and you know, the, oh my gosh, I'm kind of losing my words. I'm sorry, but she's just, she's right there as the main focus. So that's just something different with what you guys are doing. And we should have some more older characters, I think. Um, in yeah. Focus somewhere. Well, I agree with that. Um, I, Alan and I, uh, well, like, I, you know, while we were writing it, I think one of the discoveries that we made is, is kind of like, why isn't someone else doing that? Like, why haven't more people like done this yeah. before? Because it's it's just so ripe for innovative kills. Yeah, it's it murder. seemed like a pretty, you know what I mean? Like like oh, you said, yeah. like why why hasn't this already been done? Because we did have to research to make right. sure that we, been, yeah. right, yeah, yeah, we did, and it has been done in the sense that there have been evil old women yeah. before, mm-hmm. but there's not really been like a. a, a it's rare that it's like the main focus. The first one that comes to my mind when I think about it is uh, Mother's Day, ironically. <laughs> same, which same. Was, yeah, I mean, Mother's Day was uh, Alan and I, funny how all this is, you know, kind of uh, connecting because Alan and I watched Joe Bob and uh, we got together one Friday night to watch Joe Bob's The Last Drive In on Shutter. And he started, it was the beginning of the season, and he started talking about Mother's this. He was the first one he showed. <laughs> the first one. And, and, and I, when he's describing it, my eyes lit up, and I was like, "Sleepaway Camp." And I looked over at Alan, and I was like, "Oh my god, dude! If they're showing Sleepaway Camp, we are we are so lucky." <laughs> and, and then I realized they'd already showed Sleepaway Camp, and it ended up being Mother's Day. Oh, so it's awesome. kind of weird how that it was kind of serendipitous in a way. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> and the thing is, like, yeah. you know, really, these characters turn out to be very popular. I mean, you look at just and even through. No, no offense, but even through the ages. So, I mean, like you can go back to, again, Hansel and Gretel, how long that story has been around. And then you even kind of fast forward to the genre and the movies as well and how that was a popular thing for a while. And then you even kind of look at where it's sort of spread out into different genres of sorts. You look at the Golden Girls, which is... Uh, gained huge tremendous fan base over the years compared to what it was back then even though it was popular then but it's got it still remains and is now a bigger thing so Mm -hmm. old ladies if you will i mean that's just i think it's just a it is a popular thing and you can make them into amazing characters and you can still see them somewhat in movies and i think it's somewhat made a comeback to an extent but it's we need more i think we just need more be great um 
Yeah, and yeah. you brought up a good point. And with you guys, you know, kind of getting the the extended preview, what Will and I always try to do, uh, especially with with a subject like this too, uh, we wanted to make it fun, and we that was something we talked about very early because if we weren't making it fun or funny with this kind of concept, then we miss the mark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hope that that came through just e- even in the the first. 17. Oh, absolutely, oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, you definitely brought the camp over again. <laughs> okay, good. But yes, yeah, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna oh, say that, that kind of led to the whole topic of conversation for tonight, right? Like you guys were talking about this, and I guess hag exploitation. I look at it as grandma exploitation. I went specifically towards <laughs> grandmothers or psycho bitty. Psycho bitty. Psycho bitty genre. Yeah, that's also like what that it's been term. referred to as. Yep. Um. Yeah. So this this is perfect because I was actually about to talk about you know the. Something that was important to us is is always quality that we bring through uh, and whether that be running how we run the campaigns, but more importantly, once it's actually in your hands, does this look like something you guys would try to buy off a shelf? Uh, And and that's something that we strive with. And we, we feel like that's delivered with Pocus Hocus. So we wanted to bring the exact same team over. Um, and all these guys have such a love for the horror genre. Brian has done so much additional stuff like and this is just an excellent segue for this our main character hayden uh he actually has a, a 74 on his t-shirt because that was the year texas chainsaw massacre came out yep. and that was something that, that brian added. i was wondering about that yeah. in the back of my head yep. <laughs> yeah and, and that's that's something brian added so let's get into our references and uh, right, the exactly. things that drive us. So Texas Chainsaw Massacre, who's ready to start? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm gonna let you guys kick yeah. it off on how that influenced this because that was oh. the one, the first one you told me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, aside from the obvious influence of the chainsaw, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre has a fantastic um, addition to the hag horror canon. I think, especially the second movie. Uh, we can do spoilers oh, yeah. here, right? Yeah. I mean. It, on this episode, yeah, I think we're going to go spoiler. It yeah. came out in 74. I think I don't have pity <laughs> right, at yeah. this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Texas. I mean, we talk about Parasite, for God's sakes. I mean, yeah. I think. But, like, yeah, yeah, that's, like, the most spoiler-heavy movie ever. But uh, so, so at the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, uh, there is a grandma uh, found mm-hmm. up. They, they have her in this tower, I think, and she's, yeah. like, mummified. She's mummified. Because, you know, in the first one, of course, there's the, the grandfather. And he's in the second one, too. Yeah, so that, of course, I think subconsciously got in there. And uh, I, I'm surprised that one hasn't be, or hasn't been mentioned a little bit more between, you know, Alan and myself, even. Because it, mm-hmm. like, it seems like the past year or two, I've seen a lot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 popping up on TV and it, just yeah. all kinds of different places. It really places. has gained a little bit more but Texas- uh, popularity over the years, too. Yeah, it has, yeah. It's it's just it's it's a lot of fun. But Texas Chainsaw One, I think, is a very you know serious and grueling oh, horror yeah. movie. Very different tone than than the second one. And uh, well, the, the tone know, keeps changing with every movie. It does, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. Kind of like, well, I mean, I guess most of the the slasher, yeah. you know. But um, I, you know, when it comes to Texas Chainsaw, it seems like a, a, people like to talk about the. Um, uh, the, the fact that there's very little gore in the movie, but you walk out of it thinking that you've seen like this 
this grisly, horrendous thing because of the the atmosphere and the filmmaking quality there. I think that one thing people don't talk enough about when it in regards to that movie is the sound and the sound design mm-hmm. because it really has it's it's the first movie I can think of and I'm not saying other movies didn't do it before this one but like it 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 directly like it assaults your nerves and it really goes for that jugular like like you know and the sound design coupled with these this grotesque imagery is such an important part of that yes yeah it's it, it's how the movie shot you know, it, the the movie is very guerrilla marketing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yeah. these guys. Because um, I, I was reading up on some of the stuff with it, um, and the more I looked into it, I don't know if they intended this, but I feel like the movie is very heavy. Uh, it's a pro vegetarian movie. <laughs> um, no, for, no, hear me out. Hear me out because nope, it, you you drive by. Yeah, you drive by a, a lot of slaughterhouses. Uh, that is like the huge focus in the thing yeah. early on when they pick up the hitchhiker. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's just the representation of the meat hooks, yeah. stuff like that. I, I think it is how, you know, how we, we, we treat animals. So I, I looked at this as a very play on that and also a play on the nuclear family because Leatherface is wearing the face of a, a woman, especially when they're all at the dinner table. Oh, and it. it's, yeah, I kind of went down a rabbit hole, uh, but no, the, cool. the, yeah. So then the the other thing too that that is crazy about it is how again how the movie was shot uh, because I think it was none of the actors ever wanted to work with that director again after this <laughs> because yeah well because um, the the film crew would have to go outside a lot to throw up and to get air because they had rotting yeah. meat inside of hot yeah. rooms and, and everything and oh, actors were banged and bruised because he wanted realism you yeah, you yeah. know and, and yeah. not everyone's a method actor well, yeah. so <laughs> i forget the budget for this too but... so probably you know yeah. made sense, oh yeah. right no it was nothing yeah. like yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. so I mean, yeah it's just so wild like in in the movie itself it, and I'm going to say this a lot tonight. I felt like I needed a shower <laughs> after you watch it. And and it's the sound design. It's that infamous intro where they're showing the photos. Yeah. And it yeah. has like that real eerie, the ear. I can't, I can't yep. replicate yeah. it. But you know I, what I mean? That sound design. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember that, that pitch, that high pitch sound from the trailer yeah. for the remake. Because uh, I saw the remake when I was 13. I, I didn't really know about the, I had not seen the original mm-hmm. and, you know, I went back and watched the original, of course, after the remake, but like, yeah, some, that sound design is iconic in my mind. I mean, just something about it. I, I'm of the opinion that we would not have a key, the key scene in hereditary. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. 40 minutes into the movie. Yeah. I, we would not have that if it weren't for Texas chainsaw. I really do think yep. that because that is lifted straight from Texas chainsaw, man. Just this idea of like, he does it differently in the movie, the build up and the framing and all that stuff. But I mean, it, in hereditary, but I mean, it's like this idea of you're, you're, you're coupling really, really grotesque imagery with really extreme sound. And a lot of movies that have come after Texas Chainsaw have tried to do that or have been like grindhouse. You need to shower yeah. afterwards. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they know the lyrics, but not the music, you know, and yep. it's for Texas Chainsaw it was a very, very skilled movie at getting that grimy feeling yeah, about right. it. And I think that, I think that that technical skill comes across 
in like every frame because I think they they borrowed sixteen millimeter cameras to shoot yeah, it from like yeah, it, it seems like yeah. Alan said yeah, like a guerrilla style shooting is really what it was yeah. yeah. So, uh, like you were saying, the sound design really adds to setting the tone of the movie. So it puts you a little bit more into the environment. And I also think that with the aesthetic of it, like you can see the character sweating in the movie yeah. in the hot mm-hmm. summer. So that will make you one thing, want to take a shower. Mm-hmm. That's what I always think is that you just feel hot watching. Yeah. You yeah. feel that Texas <laughs> heat just watching. Yeah. And I've never and been to Texas, got, like, but I can just see it as well for some of the characters. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. Oh. oh yeah, it's it's extreme. I, I mean, like, and and it's it's so extreme, and it feels so extreme. But you're not really looking at anything. Uh, I mean, it's grotesque, yes, but you're not looking at at something that you would see. I don't know in like Saw or or a million other no. slasher films. I, it was the seventies, I know, and they didn't have a budget. <laughs> but like the 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 end, something about that ending when when she's at the dinner table and they're doing all these jump cuts, yeah. like from like the eye to the different you know, horrible things in the, the, the dining room and, and, and that like the noise, the laughter and the, I, maybe there's a chainsaw revving, all of that marries together. It's a symphony. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what, it, that's what it is. It's a yeah. grimy, grotesque, sadistic one, but it is played that way in that movie. It's like, like a piece of music. Yeah. I talk about sound <laughs> you know? design being important for that scene as well. So, you know, that, oh, yeah. that adds to it. the, the terror for um, oh my god Marilyn Burns, but I forget her character now in the movie. Sally, Sally, Sally. Sally. I should have remembered that you know with her brother going Sally. Sally. <laughs> <laughs> we always do that as like a reference with each other, and just, yeah, Sally. Um, but it just you know her screaming, and then you, of course you got the chorus of the others laughing, and you got yeah you know the terrifying other little music sound and bits or whatever and then you got the images going it's like a it really is a make the viewer go crazy is what it felt like like i know yeah, my yeah. first movie, it, it, puts I was like you, it puts you in there it, yeah seeing the movie and it was just weird to me that whole ending i, I don't yeah. even know how to really explain it other than i was like this is freaking psychotic <laughs> i was saying, especially like you talked about the yeah. imagery of them trying to give this old man a hammer and laughing about it oh yeah and he can't yeah he can't pick yeah. it up it's he like can't oh do it. he's so feeble. and the fact yeah, that it's like a 19 year old boy under that makeup just is uh, flabbergasted and they, uh, they yeah. yeah the realization that he is going to slowly or attempt to like slowly <laughs> yeah. well and then like the second, um, so the second movie about it they did the same thing mm-hmm. uh i, did, I can't yeah. remember if the same actor yeah. came back for that role or not but that i want to say like he yeah showed up in one of the sequels as the grandpa again i can't remember I'm not sure but uh yeah, just like when they had the the DJ girl, when they had her there, and he's just like yeah. tossing the hammer, you know, <laughs> and it's going past her head. And I'm like, oh my god! But it's kind of crazy yeah. that these psychotic people have such reverence, also for their matriarchs or their patriarchs, if you will. And yeah, that is you know, yeah. even with their grandmother, they have that reverence for her, where they even though she's dead and she's mummified and <laughs> sitting upstairs <laughs> to them, it's like. You know, we she's take all the special family. care for her. She's got her <laughs> whole room. I mean, you, right. it's like Psycho, same thing. Yeah. She's got her whole room to yeah. herself, too. And and she's also yeah. held in such yeah. high regard. So, I don't, you know, I'm beginning to think, are mothers to blame for this shit? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Freud was on this thing. Um, 
Yeah, the the two things though that like I I, I always love bringing up with this, um, the fact that that movie came out in seventy four and Halloween came out in seventy eight. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, there's only a four year gap between probably what's regarded both of them as like influential movies mm-hmm. for those genres. Yeah, like, and it's, it's wild. Yeah, I think Black Christmas came out that it's same good. year too. Both of which would have been slasher movies that predated Halloween. Yeah, right. You know, Halloween gets credit a lot of times for being the slasher, and and it, which is fine. I love Halloween, but like, uh, yeah, Texas Chainsaw kind of gets a bum rap for that, I think, because it, it kind of did the yeah. things that Halloween was doing. Um, maybe I mean more extreme, more like guerrilla filmmaking style, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, it goes back to the, you know, you see minimal gore, um, I, I, violence, yes, but I don't know, you don't even really see a lot of violence. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of just like, it's a lot of, of trying to infiltrate yeah. your yeah. head and psychologically. And it leads a lot to buttons. the imagination. Um, and it, it does. Just, it gives exactly, you a lot of which is why I think. And thrills. Yeah. One one of my favorite stories coming out of Texas Chainsaw is the fact that Toby Hooper wanted a PG rating because you don't see a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Like, yeah, it, and it got it rated X out the gate. <laughs> but the um, the other thing I love bringing up with it though too is, um, and I don't, it's just so cool that a movie from '74 that had the budget that it had and did what it did has still like you, when you think of movie shots, uh, you know, you always think about the the beach scene in Jaws. Yeah. Um, just the camera work, but the follow shot. Yeah. Where she's she, walking into the house. <laughs> dude, yeah. Every yeah. time you look at that, you're like, my God, how did they do that with what they had? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a good it's, shot. And, yeah. and that, um, insight and going inside the house is brilliant too. That yeah. whole sequence bright, you know, bright daylight. And then you, we just see, we have again, those jump cuts and, and then the sound design and the chicken bones and yeah. all that. You know, I mean, that, that you, the, the audience, they're having a reaction to, that they would have if they saw like a, a bunch of bodies yeah. laying there because of this combination of filmmaking elements. And then when Leatherface comes out from behind that steel door, well, that's just And then the other terrifying. thing, too, that yeah. crossed my mind, and I totally forgot, yeah. is just the fact that the movie was based on the real life or, you know, serial killer with Ed Gein. Yeah. And I don't want to say yeah. based off, but more inspired by. Yeah. So, like, right. you know, he even held his mother in high regard as well. And a lot of what yeah. he did, he also was because of that fascination with his mom. So I think that's yeah. kind of interesting to play into the whole topic of exploitation in a way, because that's sort of also that's real life of what happened there and then put into film in a way. And this grisly... Right scene because i i mean when she steps in that one uh the woman in the shorts you know because obviously i have to get the butt shot as she's walking right <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so as she goes into the house then that you know you see all the the bones made into furniture pieces or whatever same thing too with that gene he did that so it's eerie it's creepy and you know yeah it's yeah. a movie but <laughs> but i can only imagine what the real life thing would do if i had saw that Right. It feels like a documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Know? And I think that's what they were going for. Right. Yeah. Like they, they, they wanted that. Yeah. God, we could talk about this. We could. <laughs> no, <right? laughs> I don't even know. If I'm going to derail it from the start and ask for your thoughts on the new one. Oh, okay. So I. I Texas Chainsaw? Yeah. yeah it, it's garbage. Um, so I. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's garbage. Um, I watched it. Uh, okay. So I, I'm not. 
my opinion isn't fair. Um, so go in knowing that I put it on in the background, initially got bored within the first like five minutes and then started doing stuff around the house. Um, and then just kind of paying attention as I kept going and nothing in it pulled me yep. in. Same. Yeah. It, and it, the ending was just so And the bizarre. thing is, it was, I think it was too short. It's a Netflix movie, yeah. Will. It was too short yeah. uh, for what they did. And then you yeah. bring back a, uh, oh, a legendary character <laughs> like the Sally character, and then they do what they did yeah. with her, where she even, she, she wasn't even hardly in the movie as much. Yeah. So, and she didn't really do anything. Yeah. It's just, to me, it was like, it's eye yeah. It was the, like the whole thing was eye Well, that I mean, that's Halloween 2018's fault. I mean, yeah. everybody's trying to copy that because that <laughs> was you know at least for Halloween they yeah. did it. They did it better. You really are. No, I agree. I'm not yeah. saying that, but but you're like yeah. No, it's a problem. Yeah. It's the formula, right? Like, you, you see, you see Halloween. Succeed. You see more. You see yeah. development with the character. Yeah. Was where I'm. I'm kind of going yeah. at because like you see that yeah she was traumatized, and you see what that's done to her, mm-hmm. but with. And I wouldn't mind if Sally was like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I want revenge or whatever." But give us a little bit more. And yep. the way they killed her too was just weird. I'm like, if you're going to kill her, like <laughs> make it badass. So yeah, at least they could do right. it. <laughs> I mean, um, I wasn't sold on that from the start because Halloween succeeded because you have Jamie Lee Curtis, Marilyn Burns had passed away already. Don't do it. <laughs> Just don't try. <laughs> you don't have Marilyn Burns. Do not, don't replace yeah. your main character to bring her back. Yeah, that right. doesn't work. It's well, what's the point in even having that cameo there? If it's not her. Exactly. That's yeah. why I didn't work. I, I haven't seen them. I have not seen the Netflix movie. I, I, uh, I, I didn't know at first if you were referencing the, which one, right? Leatherface. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, which one? Like when you ask which for a one? new. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking the one from yeah. with Jessica Biel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I had that one, and then it was like Texas 3D yes. or something yep. like that. God, no, that, was, that was later. That oh, was 2013. Yeah. yeah. I'm marking the, uh, these movies in my head by the by the actresses who are who, who played in them. So, <laughs> so I'm, Alexandria oh, Daddario. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, Jessica Biel was in the one from the early 30s, and the the, the early 30s, <laughs> the early uh, sorry, the early 2000s. Can early, you imagine? Will's going on the early 30s. Made, uh, just had a, yeah. That was a brain fart. Sorry, I wish they would have made Texas Chainsaw in the 30s. I was that just sitting thinking, like, oh my god, Universal Monsters look with Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre. Can you imagine? No. That that would be the <laughs> ultimate prequel. Um, the the early two thousands right. uh, and the unsung cult character in that movie that nobody talks about is the tea lady. Uh, she's yes. just this very memorable lady in like a trailer with like some other older yeah. woman that Jessica Biel runs into, and of course they're in cahoots with the murderous yeah. family and all that. But the tea lady is just cool. <laughs> yeah, watching for the TV. <laughs> um, and it's so it's so funny though because like I feel like what you're saying there, Will, yeah. really does like it's a good segue for movies that are being made now, like X, yeah, yeah. for mm-hmm. example. Yeah. Um, like, dude. So I didn't know what to expect going into X, and yeah. I hated every second of it. And and I mean that because it did its job. Like I've been there Alan was nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It was like I couldn't look away. It, I felt guilty for even watching it and the stuff that was happening in it. And it's like, oh my god, 
It was well, great. I forget. Did you guys? It was did you guys so watch the movie before we talked about Parasite? Yeah, I, Will and I actually. So um, I think Will did I watch X before you? I can't remember. I don't remember. I okay, because I remember calling you about it though, and mm. being like, "Jesus, <laughs> what was this?" Yeah, because um, I did now. So we were already um, pretty far into production on Grandma Chainsaw. Uh, whenever I watched X Cause again, had no idea where it was going. Right. right? Because I, I, like you guys we were talking about it uh, backstage. I tried to avoid uh, trailers at all costs because I feel like uh, now they kind of give a lot yeah. away. So I, I didn't want to know anything about X. I saw the great reviews, uh, but then I was afraid we were going to get very close to grandma chainsaw territory. Yeah, and I was I was afraid that we were gonna look like those guys yeah. that totally just ripped it off, right? Even yeah, though this, I, the script's been done forever. Ago. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, I well, I think X has a little bit more on its mind too. Yeah, it does, and just yeah. like a, a psychotic, you know, granny. <laughs> I mean, we, yeah. we we do too, I think, but it's just different. I I don't know, but um, yeah, there's there's definitely some themes in X. I liked X. My problem with X is that it, there's no third act. It yeah. really just kind of goes. I could agree with that. Balls to the wall, if you will. Yeah, I mean, no pun intended. There's no like. <laughs> I, I was, and maybe this was my problem and expectation going in because I do love T West, and I should have known ahead of time that understatement is his thing. Usually, that's what he does. And um, I just expected them to find more like down there in the, 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 the basement and yeah. stuff. Yeah, it, it wasn't really. Yeah, it, it honestly, just, it, it felt like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? Yeah. Because you got what you got. Like these, yeah. this is it. You yeah, know, I mean, it had yeah. so much cool stuff. Right. It, you got what you got, exactly. But it had so much cool stuff building up to that. So much promise of insanity. Uh, like with, I love the stuff with the alligator. I love. Um, uh, Hilarious, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I, 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 the characters were, were of course really well drawn. That's what he, you know, arguably does best. My favorite movie from him is still the innkeepers. Uh, I love that movie so much. It's got a special place in my heart. Um, but, but yeah, I, I did like X. I've, I've not seen Pearl yet. I don't know. You know, I, I'm sure it does something very different. Oh, it, it looks, looks like very, it looks very on. different. Like it's got those influences from like Wizard of Oz. That's what it looks like. Yeah. So I'm really yeah. <laughs> interested to see, like, man, how did they take this and put it into? And yeah. plus, you got the Mia Goth. Um, back I was table, I was scared. So... Yeah, because yeah, I called Will after I saw the trailer, and I was like, D- they had to have started filming this. Thing. I think it was yeah. I like, it was like back to back. Was yeah. it? I think they filmed a back to back. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, obviously, we didn't even know it was coming out, and I was just like, I guess they knew that X was going to be that big of a hit. Probably no, it's just because he yeah. was in New Zealand and he just had the extra time because it was during COVID. Oh, wow. well, he announced like, hey, it on the. You guys want to make another movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He announced right. it on the Big Picture podcast. He's like, "Yeah, we already filmed it. We just filmed it back to back." So you want wow. actually, and we now we have a third one coming. So there we go. That's, that's awesome. Scene, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought, and he even yeah. he even <laughs> still had the budget for it. That's amazing too in the first place. So, yeah. yeah. Um, because right. uh, I, I know this is kind of just uh, side note. Um, Will actually got me to watch uh, Innkeepers, and I love Innkeepers. I need to go back. And uh, I thought that, that was a really. Good <laughs> yeah, I was gonna movie. say, Chad, did you? I, yeah, I don't, Chad, I don't think you liked like, I had a rough one. time with that one. I don't know. <laughs> See, I, I really, really watched really it. I, so. Okay, and that's the thing. I had a, a rough time with House of the Devil. 
Yeah. That's, that's the one, that's the one that I don't like that, that, um, all my friends right. are just like, you're, you're crazy. Yeah. I, I don't like house of the devil, but I did, I did get into the innkeepers and then that may, and after watching that, it makes me want to go watch house of the devil again. The house of the devil, like I was enjoying it up until the end. And then I was like, okay, I hate the ending. Yeah. I hate how the- <laughs> well, I, I think that Innkeepers delivers an, an ending and a third act. Uh, again, House of the Devil and X both they hit their second act, and it, nothing re- it doesn't really deviate much. Yeah. From well, okay, that, right? yeah. the Innkeepers is almost almost an experiment. Yeah. The movie is in how much tension you can build up mm-hmm. with with the least amount of jump scares. And the way it does it is brilliant because it really made me nervous. Like when I was watching it and, and all of this, this, the, to the, I mean, I knew what he was doing technically, uh, you know, all leaving negative space uh, that moves and then never filling it the, you know, telling you something's going to pop up in this corner and it never does. And, and it, it just, it's just, it keeps teasing you and teasing you till you're like at the point where you're, you feel like you're crazy mm-hmm. for like, how nervous you're getting and then and maybe it has one or two payoff of payoffs of those jump scares in the whole movie but god they land when they do because he builds it up the way he does and that's what i responded to it it's it's nothing new in in terms of like a a ghost story or or anything like it's very traditional and and classical but um it's just really playing with my nerves in in a way that i appreciated that i i appreciated the way that movie toyed with me. now i'm kind of i'm kind of curious um, with you guys for a little bit just to kind of ask everybody so hag exploitation is kind of defined as taking a glamorous star of yesteryear and then mm-hmm. take her where she's in her older years now and then she ends up pretty much torturing and killing people um in the movie so i kind of yeah. also feel like that's explored into different ways like now i, th- I would say maybe these days it it's taken more of a supernatural turn more and more than, and not to say that it hasn't in the past in some respect, but you know, you look at say like uh dead silence. Um, you look at, uh, Oh my gosh. What's some of the ghost movies? It's like most of the ghost movies that's come out. lately. <laughs> it seems yeah. like it's mostly the, the women, uh, the older women playing those roles now. Whereas back right. then, you know, you take like whatever happened to baby Jane and that was, a mortal woman yeah. who was just crazy, right? So, right. do you feel like it's kind of went in that direction a little bit as well? Do you feel like how do you feel about overall that scope of how it's kind of started from to where it is now? It's definitely moved in the supernatural direction because I think I think it has to. Um, you know, Mother's Day aside, which I mean, even that I mean is a seventies exploitation grindhouse movie. Um, I, I, you know, even, even your craziest horror, like there has to be a supernatural element to get, you know, uh, the, the, the audience, I think to buy this idea of, of, you know, an old woman who's able to do all these horrible things. So, yeah, I think it has to move in that direction, not supernatural in the sense that it's like, oh, she's, you know, possessed by a demon or, or, oh, you know, she's uh, got this superhuman, you know, there's a monster, half monster, half human or something like that. But just in the sense that it, 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 you have to create an environment where it's goofy enough or the suspension of disbelief is out there enough to where you can believe that this old woman is um, doing all of these crazy things. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, it's the evolution of cinema, 
right? Uh, you got by with certain things and certain things the audience could wrap their head around. But it, it's strange how it progresses because with, with all cinema, especially with horror, there, there's a suspension of disbelief that, that everyone has to have. Um, and they, I, I feel like how it's progressed, you, you kind of can't have just your stereotypical this is what it is now. There has to be, so, like Will said, it's a supernatural element. There has to be something else there, a malevolent being, spirit, whatever. Oh, okay, so that's our driving force now. I yeah. can, Then they can get behind that, but they can't get behind it in a real-world sense. It's so strange. So do you think that, it, like, uh, yeah. well, X is yeah. probably a good example where mm-hmm. at least with that, like, the, the woman yeah. is not supernatural. Yeah. She's actually real. Not supernatural. Right. Uh, hit the <laughs> the 60s kind of really started that and then it just kind of tapers a little bit like even in the 80s you didn't see very much but like mrs Voorhees and friday the 13th mm-hmm. you know but then they just continued the franchise with jason who we've all come to see as a horror icon so um yeah. but would that have worked if it was mrs jason as mrs jason <laughs> mrs Voorhees yeah. as a, a supernatural killer like Jason was, or do you think that it had to be Jason to do that? And I'm putting that on the table for it, everybody. It had, yeah, sure. It had to be Jason in the eighties. In the I think, yeah, that's uh, what I was thinking. In yeah. the eighties, had to be. Yeah. yeah. Now it's like, <laughs> I mean that that would be considered something that that would be I think intriguing or attractive to people just because it's like I mean we haven't we haven't seen that or we haven't seen as much of it. We haven't really seen this pushed. I guess what we're trying to say is we haven't seen this pushed to its full, to its furthest extent of insanity. And that's where Alan and I come in. because (laughs) I don't think we left anything off the table. I've still got my list around here somewhere of, uh, of kills. I wrote down with, uh, with, with, like hard candy and and uh, you know like walkers <laughs> and like all this stuff you know like I mean it, we just it went balls to the wall with it but but yeah I mean especially in this YouTube <laughs> <yeah. laughs> that especially yes uh, you know so you you can't I mean I feel like you kind of have to move in that direction just with the premise in and of itself it's hard to do something that's taken seriously with with you know, psychotic old people. Although I, I don't know. I think that even though X has humor and it's a throwback and, and all of that, I think it does a nice job at, at balancing, mm-hmm. at balancing that. I mean, they're serious enough to be, to be yeah. menacing, yeah. you know, in X, I think. Yeah, definitely. And it, the, the relationship, again, we talked about this, it's new versus old. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, and that's relevant in X. Uh, especially with the relationship between the husband and the wife and, and the jealousy. And it's just, it's wild. It is. It <laughs> if, really if, if, yeah. You guys listening, if you haven't watched it yet, I, this one, I don't want to give too much away because it's still kind of fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just go check it out. Uh, make sure you're ready. To, you have time to take a shower afterward, uh, so you can go ahead and do that. But then all it, the pearl necklaces for everybody. Right. And they graduate to. Yeah, Will's the only one in the room that has seen it. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm uh, talking about it because I can't stop thinking about it, but I'm not going to talk about it because I'm not going to spoil it for you guys. So, right. Will, you said something again, and then beautifully segued into our next thing, which is what I'm so excited to talk about. You, you have these types of movies, and they, they have their serious undertones. Um, and then we have stuff that has just become so iconic 
stuff that I love so much. I even got uh, Bruce Campbell's face tattooed <laughs> on my arm. There, oh my so yeah, gosh. this is my Evil Dead sleeve. Nice. Yeah, I got the cabin all the way up here at the top. Oh, wait, and everything. Do you have uh, anything from Evil Dead Two on that arm or no? Yes, the the this okay. is the shot. The, the yeah, money that's, shot. Yeah, that's Evil Dead. Yeah. So do you have then? Um, yep the old lady character and that the zombie that he runs in downstairs. No, no, no. The only one I have on here, Cheryl. And then I got, uh, his, you can't really see here, but I got the severed hand on the back. Um, but, uh, evil dead, uh, again, like Texas chainsaw massacre, uh, gorilla filmmaking. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know even if they had a budget. I think it was what, like <laughs> probably. Yeah. 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 So, I. Uh, Man, talk about a movie that has transcended space and time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right. Hag Horror. He did it in Drag Me to Hell. Yeah. Also, yes. I feel like so maybe yeah, maybe Sam Raimi is the the OG Probably, with this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, or in terms of popularizing. Well, and then when you want to talk about yeah. the old the OGs, how about the Wicked Witch of the West and the Wizard of Oz? <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I mean, definitely. for crying out, she was willing to burn the Scarecrow. How sad is that? Right, yes, merciless. We were talking about uh, Evil Dead. Wizard of Oz, huh? Evil Dead, Evil, Evil Dead, Dead. Yes. and Wizard of Oz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, they go together. Great, great it's like peas and carrots. Yeah, there's. I mean, like Evil Dead. You know, I mean, uh, Sam Raimi. I mean, what 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 can you really say other than, or I mean, other than what's obvious, which is that the combination of like this idea of like Looney Tunes meets <laughs> yep. horror. You know. Is is a, it, I mean was hugely influential to so many people for so many years still is and is written all over Grandma Chainsaw, you know I mean that is the definitive cartoon horror um, movie series. <laughs> yeah, right? and and yep. it's weird with that thing too because like Evil Dead, it, it's so wild how much production hell I feel like each sequel is kind of stuck in, right? So they couldn't really reference Evil Dead one stuff in Evil Dead two. Because a different studio had, they didn't even have the rights to the <laughs> right. movie. Yeah, and Army of Darkness going forward with Ash vs. the Evil Dead, they couldn't even talk about it. They had, they could only allude to it. It's just, God, it is really That's weird. Hilarious. It is because, yeah. like, even in the second movie, the way that they kind of, um, like do their previously in the first movie, but not really. So we're just going to give you like mm-hmm. yeah. the speed of yeah. where we're at. Yeah, they, they basically they remake the first film in the they first. Yeah, it's a movie within a movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah. different actresses in the and role just, of his girlfriend. What yeah. else can you do, right? You got you got to run that, with it. Evil Dead Two yeah. is my favorite one of the. Uh, we'll just call it the trilogy. I was say, is it I guess. that one or is it the third one that? Um, Oh my god! What's uh, Jane Fonda's niece plays the girlfriend? Oh, oh, um, Bridget Fonda. I think Bridget Fonda not... plays either the like that girlfriend that gets her head chopped off in the second movie or the third movie. They kind of like do the replay, you know, where they're kind of. Doing... I feel I like think Bridget Fonda was oh, okay. like also in the role or something. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I that's to, cool. I'll double check. Well, I, I, I knew that. Um, it's Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It is Army. Okay. Was it Embeth Davids? Was that who? Was that's who's the main girl? That's who I was thinking of, and I was like, I don't yeah, remember yeah. Bridget Fonda, no, but no. I was looking it up. <laughs> she is in Army of Darkness, though. I for, always forget like okay. Ash's girlfriend, his fiance, that he was going to. I for, always forget the name of the character. So, but I remember. Yeah. 
like when they did the recap, if you will, quote unquote, that Bridget Fonda was like in the second or the third movie because they had different actresses for that role. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Yeah, that's uh, I I didn't realize that either. I I really like Bridget Fonda. She kind of just fell off the the radar. Um, But yeah, I never knew that about evil dead 2 army of darkness is my favorite of the three i think um or the first i i probably army of darkness um i it really it's just i mean it's fantastic on on all fronts um and we reference that in uh we reference a reference actually because it's referenced an army of darkness from a movie from the 50s and we have it oh in uh the first, at the end so of it's the like stage. reference upon <laughs> reference and yes inception there we go it's it's so funny too because whenever will and i are working on the script you know he'll he'll write in there notes for brian and it's i think it helps us as writers uh because we don't stray from our references um we will even write in there this is a exorcist 3 reference or <laughs> or, or this is a nightmare on elm street reference just because mm-hmm. Listen, we we know again. We know where our influences come from. Why not embrace yep. them instead mm-hmm. of trying to be, you know, blind to it? Right? Like, uh, we we don't want to ever push that back. Yeah. Like, no, it makes, sure it, it makes it makes perfect sense us. because, as they say, art yep. influences art. So right. even it doesn't matter. Even if it was art from ancient times or art that was just as modern, it's going to and it's going to influence the next artist beside you or. Mm-hmm. In the future, at some point, like it's just it's all something together. You know what I mean? It it brings people together, I guess you say, because people know something from it. And the great thing, yeah, and the great thing about Brian too is when we mention that, when we give him those notes or we say something like that, he does it in a way that's not heavy handed. Yeah, because Alan had to point out to me the seventy four on the on the jersey that it was Texas Chainsaw. I, I I so I mean already he's doing. Well, that would be funny if even uh, Hazel was 74. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, Will, do we? I actually think we did that That in script two. I think we kind of mentioned her age. Oh, do we? Yeah, we may. may. Okay, I got to go back and check it out. (laughs) Hang on. I think I I just blew our own minds. Hang on. Yeah, maybe. Right? Yeah, I know, right? I don't. I don't know what I'm writing half the time. So like, oh, dude, no, you're you're good with that because, (laughs) like I said, like as the creator, like as you're going along, your intentions are a little bit different. (laughs) We did. I'm reading it. Oh, we did. Uh, Yeah, Hazel, age seventy four. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Nice. More Texas Chainsaw Massacre reference. Okay. Yep. And we yeah. didn't even know we wrote it. That's funny. Yeah. yeah no rewrites. <laughs> no rewrites. <laughs> Got it perfect the first time. <laughs> but yeah. So whenever we were initially talking about Grandma Chainsaw, uh, of course, you know, again, Texas Chainsaw Massacre came up uh, because it's in the title, right? Um, but we we talked about how we wanted to try to capture the fun and campiness and the absurdity of the Evil Dead franchise, mm-hmm. and. Uh, again, we we hope that we're delivering on that. And issue ones are always tough, especially with comic books, um, for for us anyway, because there's so much world building that we've already have established in our heads, and so much that we want to do. But 
the thing that is fantastic, especially about Will, uh, whenever we're working on characters, is character development. And we want to make sure that we give our characters enough life that people care uh, what's going to happen to them, whether they care in a positive or negative way, right? You can write deplorable characters and people care when they die in a good way because they're happy to see them off screen. Uh, example, the woman in the mist. Uh, I always go, that's my always go to for that one. Um, but yeah, we, we just, we always try to deliver that aspect too. And also still try to capture the fun campiness. And I, I think for us, Grandma Chainsaw one is just like Pocus Hocus one because we, we got that out of the way and now we can just go balls to the wall and move forward. Kind of like how we did with Pocus Hocus two and three. And the same is going to go for Grandma Chainsaw two and and forward. Yeah. And the exposition in Grandma Chainsaw uh, was uh, easier to write, I think um, Uh in the sense that, I mean, there's, there's, we like the way we approached it, was that we essentially have in the first issue we have a setup that that mirrors um, maybe what you would see entire movies based around or entire series you know comic series based mm-hmm. around and um, we kind of like that was our exposition so it was in other words what I'm trying to say is it was really fun to write from like minute one yeah focus was too but we we had to sit down and sort of. I, I guess plot yeah. and map focus because we were we were literally like the backstory was the story, whereas with Grandma Hazel and and uh, or with excuse me with Grandma Chainsaw, it's um, the, the the exposition so to speak is is its own uh, it's its own little payoff right. or its own little uh, well. And then the other thing you know, too is like you look Pocus Hocus is kind of a bigger world. You know, you're you're really yeah. you're really having to think about okay, if we were in Limbo, what is Limbo going to be in our story? You know, but yeah. whereas like yes. Grandma Chainsaw is a little bit more focused, you know, it's a little bit more into the real world, you know, so to speak. <laughs> so yeah. you guys are yeah. able to, or you know, kind of keep it a little bit more uh, narrowed, if you will. Um, yeah. But of course, still have those influences from horror, of course, because, you know, who doesn't love yeah, yeah. horror? <laughs> and, yeah, and again, Evil Dead, right? Like whenever you you see people changing, or or you see that, like with the sudden moves, you guys again got a chance to see that a little bit, especially with our dinner scene. And without giving too much away, you kind of get to see personality shifts and quick snapping and quick camera cuts. And we we really tried to capture capture the the Sam Raimi feel, yeah. right? Yeah. Of everything. Now I'm kind of curious: Are we going to see a Hazel prequel? Man, we have so much stuff that we've <laughs> talked about um, that yeah. we uh, will definitely keep under wraps for right now. But yeah, uh, we, yeah. we know where we're going. We know where we're going. Like. With this story. Immediately within the next three issues with this arc. And then everything else right now is speculation, but there's a lot of speculation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of different directions. Well, you know, one of my ideas you guys could do is take Hazel where she goes on a revenge spree. And so it's kind of like kill Bill. But for her, it could be like, I don't know, kill somebody. So then she ends up having a list of five people she's got to kill off to. And then can you imagine her in Japan? 
I mean, that would be pretty. Let's, yeah. Okay, so let's do this. Let, let's let's oh, bottle yeah, this, sure. and let's just kind of combine that idea with uh, the movie Baby's Day yes. Out. <laughs> and we'll, just, uh, we'll we'll just call it Hazel's there Day Out, go. and yeah. um, or Hazel's Slay Out. There we go. There we go. Yeah, Slay Queen. <laughs> yeah. Slay. So yeah. we'll just do it that way. Yeah. Maybe she's fighting a demonic baby. Right, and that would be in Australia because, you know, Australia has just got that crazy yep. wildlife out there. So, I mean, there could be that demonic right, kangaroo yeah, exactly. out there. Just a giant you know? spider. Yeah. yeah. Uh, flying uh, boxes and jellyfish. And so, Hazel versus yeah. Satan, that would probably be a good one. <laughs> it's It's funny because, um, you know, when whenever we were talking about this, Josh, um, with some of the movies that we wanted to do with this, like where the influences were, uh, you don't really think about what's actually influencing you until you really sit down and think about it. Yeah. I th- I really think one for me was Monster House. Oh yeah, right. that's a good way. Very one good, Alex. <laughs> yeah, no, um, it's it's for. I don't want to give too too much away. Uh, because Will and I have a lot planned, especially for issue three. Um, but Monster House was like something, I think, that's always kind of stayed with me because as a kid's movie, this thing's hardcore. Yeah. Well, have you guys yeah. noticed that it seems like some of that hagsploitation, a lot of it also is in kids' thrillers of sorts, like kids' movies. Yeah. Kind of focus, focus. Mm-hmm. Look at uh, yeah. Return to Oz. Coraline, at, in a way. And even into that, animation so. now, you know, um, even Sleeping Beauty, to, you know, one of my favorites there. And I think uh, yeah. Maleficent being kind of one of them. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the, I think it plays, well, Coraline especially played on this Freudian nightmare idea of like your, your loved one or guardian turning on you uh, in a way that is, um, was, was maybe too effective <laughs> for kids movie. It was effective for me. I, I, I watched that movie almost like when I when I do watch it as an adult horror film. I mean, I, I really enjoy it. Uh, but but yeah, that's um, that that that's interesting that you would bring that up. And I think that it goes to I think it goes back to a Freudian thing, like this idea of yeah. like mom, you know, turning against me or something. And, uh, you know, so it would make it would make sense that that's in in kids uh, like darker kids movies or kids yeah. horror movies or yeah. whatever because however you want to it's scary to a yeah. kid than and then that, even you know? to like cinderella the, even the disney one mrs tremaine and how she was brutal like emotionally abusive yeah. in that and then <laughs> yeah. uh and then the crazy yes. thing is yeah lady tremaine dude you don't no, mess with her especially when she's yeah. in the bed and then the light her eyes lit up and yeah. she's petting her lucifer cat yeah, yeah. um <laughs> but like the other one I saw as an example, I didn't even think about this to be honest. I don't think you guys probably would have thought of it, but Evil Dead. I'm not Evil Dead. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, Chris, they just yes. talked about it. Dead, <laughs> we didn't just have a conversation about Dead that. Alive. Dead Alive. Uh, oh, yeah, Pete, Pete Jackson. Oh, oh, yeah. God. I yeah. never well, thought about a- that until I read I was reading like more of okay, well, what movies probably would be in hag exploitation as people made a good argument for Dead Alive, and I was like, I can see that. That makes a lot of sense yep. yeah. that's like cinderella so pudding? Movies, i think right there <laughs> so i'm very glad you mentioned that alive because in i mean we have a the dinner scene was directly inspired by that alive. <laughs> yeah, um, yes the, the, the pudding yeah yeah oh, the pudding is so good. <laughs> right the customer. yeah you're connecting the dots now yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah i think uh, 
I think yeah. just with this Grandma Chainsaw series, um, it, it's it, again. I, I know I said this at the top, but it, it is our love letter to this stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. You mentioned that. I mean, mentioning Dead Alive and and some of these other things confirms that you know we are. I mean, I I think are are that the that the references are are coming through pretty clearly because that that really was. I mean, we. I'm I'm not kidding. Like on multiple occasions, I call that our Dead Alive <laughs> moment. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Awesome. And and that's it's just. And I, I, again, you know, while we're about to, before we leave Monster House, like, I, I think that how, how that movie set up and the fear of being trapped somewhere, mm-hmm. whether you're willingly walking in there or not knowing what you're walking into, the fear of the unknown is always horrifying. Um, and Monster House delivers so well from a supernatural and yet a, a realistic standpoint, too, because everyone growing up, you, you always knew the crotchety neighbor that you needed to avoid, but right. you don't know why you need to avoid them. You don't know your neighbor's lore. <laughs> you don't know, like a lot of times you don't know their backstory when you're a kid, what makes them tick. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and monster house really does play on that. Um, yeah. Except he, he was actually, and it, it's a cool twist. Cause he's, he's, you know, trying to be the good guy in all of it, but uh, it's just, I don't know, man. I, I think something like that really uh, inspired me for grandma chainsaw. Well, see, that's interesting for, that for you guys had picked um, monster house for this discussion in a way, because I was trying to think, Oh, how does that relate to exploitation? Because essentially the, the, the wife, a uh, constants in this mm-hmm. area, yeah. she yeah. is not really wholly seen in this movie. Very much. Excuse me. <laughs> if I don't burp, very <laughs> but, there we go. <laughs> but she's not really <laughs> You're still thinking about our dinner seat. <laughs> I'm thinking of the pudding. Um, (laughs) Always room for pudding. (laughs) Always room for pudding and jello. Uh, So I was just like, how did, I don't know, like what made you guys think like in terms of, oh, Hagsploitation, Mary with Monster House. And was it really the Constance character for you guys? Or was, uh, I don't know, was there something else behind that? Um. well, oh, sorry. Good. Oh no. Well, if you want to go and start it, man, I'll, I'll go. I, I was just going to say, I, I think. Well, the hag exploitation angle definitely is is constants and and you know why it it connects, but um, I, I think that's just an example. I mean, again, and maybe even more so with with Alec, because I think my equivalent of Monster House is probably Coraline. Um, but, but Alan and I love animation and we talk about this frequently, (laughs) you know, so, um, I think that Monster House is, is a good example of just a really good, like installment in that, in that kids horror genre where it's just, it hits all the marks and being really innovative and scary. And also it, it has heart. It takes the kids fear seriously which yeah. is kind of like what what real doll was doing you know and and all of that so um i went off on a little bit of a tangent there but like yeah, yeah. i think that just the just the uh the, the the dark whimsy of the movie probably influenced grandma chainsaw quite a bit mm-hmm. and then the obvious you know the, the obvious constants well and then you also yeah. have so Kathleen yeah turner uh, in that okay. role too of mm-hmm. constants which again kind of that glamorous oh. star now <laughs> yeah. turned into yeah playing this creature yeah. creature house if you will <laughs> so i didn't know for the longest hear. time yeah, until <laughs> later yeah and that was yeah. like one of her first and, movies and that was... back too after a little bit of a hiatus i think oh, wow. so and what a perfect voice yeah. too right yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> really but for, so for me with it, um, the the whole old versus new because Constance, whenever she dies in it, she's actually not that old. Um, but it, it's still stuff that we've all grown up with and, and know because while they're building their house, uh, kids are just being pricks. Kids are being kids, kids right? They're, they're throwing rocks at it. <laughs> yeah, dude. God, I'm happy I never was one. So, like, you have you, you have like kids throwing rocks and uh, what's it? Is it Nevercracker? Yeah, yeah. Is that his last name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Nevercracker's, you know, like, Constance, calm down. It's okay. They're just being kids, you know? And that ultimately leads to her own demise because she's in a blind rage. Because she refuses to accept anything that's outside of her perspective on what is well and that's considering that too she was a attraction a sideshow attraction Mm -hmm. too so she was always a constant rage of sorts and distrust of people a constant rage and it was always a constant (laughs) rage oh that's a good one hashtag constant rage everybody so yeah (laughs) but like you got uh you know and it was and if you think about too it's mostly children that were always throwing and picking Mm -hmm. at her too so yeah Mm -hmm. right Yes. I don't know. Trying to think of the Kathleen Turner voice. Sorry. <laughs> Smoke yeah. And it's so cool because it's also uh, letting yeah. go. It, it, it is a t- this movie is a testament on letting go. Mm-hmm. And it, we could. It's a deep movie when you really think <laughs> yeah. about it. Uh, for, for yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but yeah, so I'm actually kind of surprised that never crack, never crack. I always how you I can't, say yeah, it. Is but I'm actually like, you see Uncle the beginning Cracker. where it's like yeah. he seems like he has a heart attack. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, I'm surprised yeah. he was able to come back and then do all that running like he did with some of the kids. And I'm going, uh, I mean, and he drove the ambulance back. So right? I'm sitting there going, what did he do yeah. to the ambulance people in there? Like they, they never yeah. say what he did. <laughs> yeah, he's a real bad guy in this. Yeah, it's Monster House too. Nevercracker's just a serial killer. Um, but and it's beautiful too. Like whenever he's getting wheeled away, and then the the leaf, yes. uh, or the blades of grass are yeah. trying to pull him back. And when oh it touches his hand, like his finger, Genius. the one grass yeah. too, touches his finger. Yeah. yeah, that was good. Yep, Genius. But and yeah. Grandma Chainsaw influenced by all kinds. So of I'm kind of curious. I'm going to throw this to everybody then, and I'm going to start with yeah. since we're kind of like all in a circle here. I'm just going to start with Josh here at the corner because I'm seeing him first. Top left, yeah. But what is everyone's? Because I have to think about maybe a little bit. I don't know. But what is everyone's favorite? Like, if you were to think of a hag exploitation movie, what would probably have been your favorite, or is your favorite? So, Josh, what do you think? Wow. Yeah, that that's hard. Think, because I haven't watched a ton of them, honestly. But the one I've watched the most is actually, and this is gonna be crazy, because like. It's a whole subgenre on Lifetime, anyway. Oh no, you're you're like that, right. That's on just the whole subgenre. I mean, that kind of goes in interface. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but but it's 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 a director who made this film before it went to Lifetime, and that's called Psycho Granny by Rebecca <laughs> McKendry. What? I, I don't yes. remember that one. Oh my god. Okay. Oh, you're not. You're probably not going. If you don't follow Rebecca McKendry, one. Go check out Colors of the Dark podcast. One of the best podcasters out there. She's one of my influences for getting into podcasting. Nice. She nice. just did Glorious on Shutter. I know you guys talked about Shutter, so check out Glorious. Yeah. But that does not fit the genre. But Psycho Granny does. <laughs> and you may be familiar with Robin Riker, who was a glamorous woman in the early '80s in Alligator, and now she's coming to play the. Did you see Alligator, Chris? Uh, you've seen Alligator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 1980, right? With Robert yes. Forster. Yeah. 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 
Well, she she's the love interest opposite Robin okay, Forster. Yep, in I remember now. But it's I mean it's it's, it's a lifetime movie. She co- she comes in and is infiltrating these people's lives. She looks at people who die when their mother dies, and then she comes in pretending to be the grandmother. Oh my god, that's but horrible. <laughs> God. And that's yes. like a real life crime. It that starts off. It starts off. People do like some people will come into a family life pretending to be the missing like child this, from the, thirty years ago or something. Right. Yeah. Right. And I mean, the opening scene is her giving this speech, and you're just on her, and she's berating every member of the family, telling what they did wrong, why they're not good. But of course, as it pans out, everyone's laid over in their food dishes already dead, <laughs> and then it gets into your next story. Oh my <laughs> yeah. God. So that's pretty. Yeah, what the and it's, shit. Oh <laughs> so yeah, check out. I think it's on Hulu now. Check out Psycho okay, Granny. That is, that is my, that one my recommendation. <laughs> I don't know any. I've not heard any. How long ago this. was that one, Josh? Uh, twenty nineteen. It's not really? that old. Okay. Yeah. Dang. Okay. Well, what about you, Will? Okay. I, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard because tonight we're discovering that a lot of uh, movies fit the Hagsploitation um, title that I did not even think of before. So I'm trying to kind of get creative with it because I know it's damn sure not uh, uh, the... Um, the COVID the gra- uh, fuck, I, brain, <laughs> Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. <laughs> God, it's not Mother's Day. Brain, brain fog is the worst tonight. Um, yeah, it's not Mother's Day for me. <laughs> So I'll yeah. Let me think about that a second. I I'm halfway tempted to really throw everybody a curveball and say that it's Cretia, <laughs> um, because I love that movie. But I feel like that is Cretia is a very very serious film and deals with um, um, an, a much older lady who is in the throes of a relapse. So I, I don't want to give the impression that that is something to be you know mocked or anything like that. But that right, Thanksgiving that's, movie, yeah, it plays like a horror film. I mean, it really does, and and like, uh, I think that you know, kind of pops into my head for for whatever reason. But let me think about some more conventional ones, and I'll I'll get back. All to right, you. we'll move on to Alan. So obviously, after talking about these in depth and now thinking about it more, it's kind of a toss up for me. Um, I I really like Monster House, <laughs> um, but I think the one that that really did it all um even though it's kind of a twist uh, at the end but i think psycho oh, that's understandable uh, oh yeah so i i think yeah. when you actually psycho is my favorite yeah mm-hmm. so not thinking about psycho from a twist perspective thinking about psycho uh before you know what's happening it's it's kind of frightening mm-hmm. yeah right? i think that i think psycho counts yeah do, okay, does the council allow? I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> okay. I, I'll Where's allow my gavel? Harry, Harry, Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're done. Order. All right. Dang. What about you, Chad? I think the I'm going to go with the the earliest memory I have of uh, a exploitation movie, and that's not it's not horror per se, but I saw it when I was in eighth grade in my uh, TV oh, production class. What you're probably say. And it's uh, a noir film called Sunset Boulevard. Oh, never mind. Okay, yeah, that's a good oh. one too. too. Yeah. And uh, I think that was that was probably one that the you know didn't know it then, but you know looking at it now, yeah, it's definitely one of those those films that has ingrained itself in my brain. 
that's why it's hard. It's so hard to choose because like I, I, in, I came into this podcast thinking that there were very select few movies and now we're, we're ultimately discovering like through this conversation that this has been a recurring mm-hmm, yeah. archetype uh, throughout history. That's never really been, it's just now kind of making a resurgence and getting noticed yeah. the way maybe it, it yeah. should be. I, I mean, it goes by so, with even like the, again, like some of the fairy tales, like the Grimm fairy tales, the Hans Christian fairy yeah. tales, uh, you know, and then all of up to now, even ancient man when, when they were doing just talking <laughs> with their stories. Yeah. But shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, uh, I, like, yeah, it's I'm going to sound like a broken record because now everybody's thinking of I, I mean, I do think that if if we're putting this on a scale like with the the the, the order of like best to worst movies mentioned on this podcast tonight, Sunset Boulevard, I think, is hands down. It's so funny, oh. like, because, you know, you could pick a B movie if you want or even a D movie doesn't matter. But then. All of a sudden, Chad comes in with a classic. Thank you, Chad. Well, now, <laughs> yeah. well, see, now I'm curious what you were thinking I was going to say. I thought you were honestly going to say Flowers in the Attic or something like that. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I had that on my list to mention at least, but yes. That, ooh, that woman was brutal, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a good one. There is, like there is a fantastic site. Uh, Oh God! Well, we we're okay with spoilers, so never mind. <laughs> I I hope I'm not spoiling this for anybody. But uh, fantastic, like mo- older woman, mother in uh, Sharp Objects oh, yeah. uh, that um, Patricia uh, Clarkson, I believe it is, plays, oh, and uh, just a oh, monster, right. just straight up sociopath. <laughs> and it's like it's real good. That one sticks out in my mind because I I've. That one I feel is like almost a new take. The way she played that is that character. also the one that has uh, uh, Amy Adams? And is that the recent one? Yeah. yeah okay. Oh, I know what you're talking yes. about. Now. I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. I haven't um, seen it either. But based off that Julian Flynn or Julian Flynn book or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. I remember hearing See, about it. So good. <laughs> really, it's really good. It's 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 very dark and uh, difficult it's one of those things where it's like the worse it gets, the more you can't stop watching it in terms of dread, you know? Um, so yeah, definitely check it out. It's, it's, definitely it's cool. Will, that sounds awesome. And I think, uh, now Chris, what was oh yours? Man, come to me. I'm the Libra. So it's hard to make a decision. Um, bounce. I have like, scale, I have so many different, scale, inf- so. cause there's like a few different influences. Like, uh, I mentioned the sleeping beauty with Maleficent, right? That's like one of my earliest ones. And another one, it's Jean. That's, Man, Snow White. That's another yes, one too. absolutely. Yeah. But God, then I, I sit there and I think, like Mommy Dears, to be honest, because of the camp as, as well. Because <laughs> I mean, that's just yeah. one of them. And then <laughs> also think uh, one of the ones that's kind of recently come into my head, but I really enjoyed it. it was so much fun. Uh, Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah! Oh, oh my god! Oh, yeah! What a, what a good just, name. Uh, Right. Amazing performance. Yeah, man, she was good, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I just saw that on Joe Bob and and I, I like well the, this past I think it was this past season they showed it and I like <laughs> I, I was I was expecting when I heard great you know, I mean she is a brilliant actress doing this incredible performance and I was thinking that it would be something that was maybe a little bit more 
um, like a like a really serious in depth socio right. or like psychopath or something. She just went complete, like took it where in in directions that were completely unpredictable. Yes. Like it and it, it worked yeah. for some reason. I don't know why, but it does. And Susan Tyrell's great. She can, yeah. you know, she could have done oh anything God. in the world. And she, she like uh, there, yeah, some she could have probably said it was like overacting, perfect. but the overacting also really worked yeah. in this case, and it worked for this movie. It's, it's overacting. It's overacting, but it's so her like she she is so yeah. skilled at at that type of thing, and it's her own creative puts her own creative voice yeah. in it so much that it really is like you can't look away from it. Like I mean, it's it's like well, you know, it's it fascinating. is it truly is. She just uh, yeah, it, the way that she took this character and it kind of went for this really fast spiral. You know, and, and yeah. it was like as the movie went on, then the more balls to the wall she went with it. It was just yeah. unbelievable. Like I sit there and think towards the end, uh, I think where she was fighting the girl in the, the little pond out there, and I thought maybe she died then. Yeah. No, we find out that she's yeah. still she's still kicking, and she's like, no, I still want to fuck my grandson. But <laughs> but you know, it was just yeah. it's a. I don't know. I sit there and I think, man, that's just one of those examples for me. Yeah. That sticks. And of course, whatever happened to baby Jane is just an influence. And, but there's just so many good ones, but that one. And then of course now thinking about dead alive and I'm like, Oh man, cause I'm also a stick. I love body horror or gore stuff to an, to an extent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one is super gory. <laughs> so I, I like, you know, the idea of also like taking, cause you rarely see this, but in horror, but, female characters and you turn them into monsters literally a monster and transforming and you don't see a whole lot i talked to yeah. josh about rejuvenator recently um which is rare you see like a female monster movie anyway i like that, that too so was that brood, brood? Was the brood oh the brood, the brood? you're talking about oh, yeah brood. yeah with uh yeah yeah cronenberg yes cronenberg. yeah yeah Cronenberg. Yeah, oh, yeah. that was crazy yeah, too. I love. <laughs> yeah, well, Cronenberg is one of my idols, and I I do love um I do love the Brood. Uh, I was going to ask you. There was one I was. Have you guys seen the? Yes, that's a good 70s? one. Um, yes, yeah. that's, that's, that's a good hack. Yeah, that's a great hack word. That that's another one that's up there with uh, Susan Amen. Tyrell. I don't know the actress's name. But she yeah. was phenomenal. I totally like, forgot about that. I'm yeah. glad you said that because you got the mom with the two daughters. And These, oh man, yeah. yeah. These ladies who you know from like the the 70s and 80s who did these roles, um, for they've been mentioned earlier as like former glamorous movie stars who do these, uh, you know, more gr grindhouse kind of roles. They were the real deal. Like, I mean, they committed entirely to the performance whether they were in shakespeare or they were in you know um <laughs> russ meyer or something yeah. like it, it didn't matter like they they were in it and that's how i felt <laughs> watching the baby i was like my god how did she like read the script and and been in all yeah. these movies but and read this and, and be like yep i'm going to do that and i'm going to actually do my job yeah. when i do it and and play this character like well they, that's the brilliance fantastic. of actually those actors actresses of yesteryear is that their training was so different mm -hmm. they had that studio system as well so it was you had to be good you always had to be professional as best as you can know your lines go up there and know your character and 
So anything oh, yeah. they were given, and especially when you got older at that time, it was, you know, projects kind of yeah. slowed down a lot. So, you know, they were getting a lot of these B-movie stuff, <laughs> but for them, they're yeah. like, well, it's a job and I'm going to go in there and do the best I can. I mean, Joan Crawford delivered so well in everything she did, straight no matter jacket, what, yeah. straight jacket. That's <laughs> a good jacket, one there yeah. too. Um, yeah. Yeah. They but were, yeah, that was, yeah. they're they were, so different. And Betty Davis, like in a uh, Dead Ringer, I don't know if you guys seen that, mm-hmm. where she played dual roles. She played two yeah, uh, twin sisters, it. and one was bad, one was good. I think she ended up killing the good one so that she could try to take the the <laughs> fortunate life of the other one. And so, yeah, but she had that. Yeah, no, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 she had tried doing that to me a long rivalry. time ago, but you know, I convinced her not to. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> not so fortunate now, are you? <laughs> <laughs> But dang, yeah, okay, that was cool. No, I want. I wanted to ask: Was there anything you guys watched for this that you didn't think either met it or just didn't think it was important enough or good enough in some cases to bring up? Ooh, well, question. I know. I like, know I watched some new night, stuff for when this. We were watching it. I had mentioned Hocus or, Pocus, and Chris like, mm, I don't know. I, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, because I thought like more fantasy, <laughs> but I kept thinking more. Like originally when we were talking about this, I kept thinking more of what you saw in the 60s or something where it was a little bit more realistic in terms of this. It was like literally someone who went crazy and being psychotic and not really thinking in terms of, oh, it could be zombies. It can be supernatural. It can be, you know, uh, drama even in that regard. Um but now it's just like okay, this is a whole yeah, it's kind of like more Willard learning experience yeah. to it as well because I've always heard about it, but right. really digging into it, yeah. I never really did until yeah. really getting prepared for this conversation. Yeah, it's the the this whole thing has made me realize that just that I mean this this has been I mean that that it's just been present through the decades this archetype and um. Which makes me even more glad that we sat down and, and wrote this or, you know, started working on this series because, I mean, I, I think that maybe we're, we are, um, we've chosen a subject that is uh, one of, of interest and hasn't been explored to its fullest potential. So hopefully we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll that'll be, that'll be good. I like that. That's and uh, another thing I, I want to add to, uh, to this is, Working on Grandma Chainsaw and taking a step back uh, from Pocus Hocus definitely helped us with Pocus Hocus um, mm-hmm. because the outline that we had, we, we stuck to with uh, Pocus Hocus 5, uh, but what we've ended up with wouldn't have been there without us being able just to kind of take a breather real quick. So Grandma Chainsaw is important to us, not not so much from a we we wanted always wanted to make something like this, but just because for the future of, of focus as well, because it's also good to have kind of that separation and downtime for a little bit, but yeah. uh, we've already written the first uh, half of the script for focus five. So oh, oh. we're, uh, we're excited to get that out to everybody too. So we got a lot of really cool, fun stuff in yeah, the pipeline. Yeah. Nothing like taking a step back and getting into the mindset of a geriatric homicidal maniac. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's highly recommended. Yes. Yes. Very I mean, did, you, did you find it easier to write from that perspective than that's a good from focus? Because yes. I was trying to figure out, like, and <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. The mindset of that uh-huh. character, like this, you know, try to write from the mindset of an old woman, you know, which obviously you guys are not an old yeah. woman, so 
Like how do you, how did you guys like filters. what do you know? You don't know me. Oh yeah. Was it filters? Like I'm gonna be yeah, a bearded exactly. man. No. Yeah, I it seemed I, to come pretty natural, Will. I think yeah, it was it was easier, I think, to write than Pocus. Definitely the first issue was. because um, there we had to be very careful with Pocus about just just what we like strategic about what information we yeah. were giving because it was again the backstory of this character is the backstory for the story yeah. um it's like the whole thing so um yeah grandma Ch- chainsaw was easier to write more so i think because we've just uh, we all this stuff was just bursting at the seams like we've always wanted to do something slasher related and so um you know these movies are very important to us especially the past couple years for me it seems like um i've i've really navigated towards like the the uh cult horror movie midnight movie uh section of of uh, cinema <laughs> so so it was it came it came along right at the right at, at the perfect time yep hang on up all night that was me <laughs> i'm back on the day up, usa up, up, all, USA, night. up all night yeah. yep that's where I watch a lot of those trauma movies. <laughs> oh, nowadays, if you still have cable, I suggest TCM Underground on Saturday nights. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right on Saturday nights, they show the best stuff. That's where I first saw Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker before oh, Joe Bob showed <laughs> Oh, man. And, of course, Joe Bob is always good. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was disappointed his episode on Sleepaway Camp for last week wasn't still on Shutter. They must have lost the rights to Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, it's so, gone. I, I, I haven't seen it because they, they, yeah, they, they take him down and stuff when they lose uh, the rights. Um, yeah. I would go back and watch his Sleepaway Camp um, episode. Yeah. Man, well, see, like, that's. Do you guys feel like um, writing for this character? like for me personally i love strong female characters that's just like the thing i gra- just gravitate towards even since i was a kid josh and chad I could tell you it was for me it was always a female character do you feel like the writing for hazel if you will was that kind of easy for you guys compared to say if it was an old man or um do you think from the beginning, did you guys think, think oh, I definitely want to write an old woman or I want to write a female character in this role? You know, because most people, you guys would probably say like they would pick a male. But what made yeah, you guys decide, I want to go Hazel? <laughs> <laughs> um, To me, it just fit. I don't it know. It seemed right. Yeah. yeah. And maybe it had something to do with the fact that we had just watched that all this stuff we were talking about to, were, to talked about tonight was subconsciously influencing Alan particularly strong uh, when he, because the concept was him, was all him, you know, and then when we started fleshing it out, that's when I came in. He he told me the title and then my my mind just went wild. I feel feel like this is just Alan conquering his own demons from his great grandmother. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, that's all this really well, they got is. Those, uh, those I, it's just all psychoanalytical. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Appalachian, man. That would yeah. influence you, especially with some got of those old old world superstitions oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I think that there are other... I Grandma Hazel's tricky because she's, you know, the, the villain, the monster, whatever you want to call that. And it is a slasher, campy thing, so there's not a lot of, di- you know, dimension there. <laughs> there with her other than there is but it's not 
I'm going to stop talking because I don't want to spoil. How so. dare <laughs> you? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. How dare you say she doesn't um, have any dimension? <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's he definitely does. That, I, that was a poor choice of words. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's different. It's it's like monster. You know, it's like uh, dimensions in terms of like you would look at a horror movie yeah. monster. You know what I mean? Like because like. Uh, how, like the thing with Michael Myers is that he's faceless evil, you know? So uh, we didn't want to go too, too far with like, you know, but the characters that are like her, this, the people who come to her house. Um, yeah. We, we were mindful of that and we wanted yeah. to write uh strong. We, we spent a lot of time on them. But... Yeah, we did. We did. And we, you know, we wanted to write uh, strong female characters for that, uh, you know, for, for, for that group, Yeah, you know? So, um, and so in other words, I guess, long story short, the, the people who you should be empathizing with who are in danger <laughs> are, we, we try to be um, mindful of just having, you know, representing representation sure. and that kind of thing. That's awesome. I, I know how sometimes that yeah. can be the hard part because you can come up with the antagonist pretty easily, I think, than you could the protagonist to some extent. Like there have been times where I'll oh, yeah. come up with a character and I'm like, wait a minute, this character doesn't work for this story, but they seem to work for this other story that I have in mind. So it, it, right. finding that right yeah. character can sometimes be a little difficult to fit into that story. Then sure. you're like, damn it, where is she? <laughs> Where's Patricia? I don't write, <laughs> so I can't relate to any of that. <laughs> that is <All> accurate. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. I think that's going to wrap it up. Why don't you guys tell everybody once again how they can go find this Kickstarter, how they can make these donations, how they can get Grandma Chainsaw in their hands. Yeah, so uh, just Kickstarter. Uh, just, just search on there for Grandma Chainsaw. In theory, we're the only one that should <laughs> pop up um, <laughs> when you go to search for us. Um, the You can find me on Twitter, at Chaps of Fury. But now, um, I, originally I would say, follow us along on Kickstarter, which obviously I'd always recommend that because we have a lot of projects coming up in the pipeline and some stuff we were talking about backstage too that uh, we're not ready to reveal to the world yet, but we've already revealed it to your next favorite movie podcast. Um, the the thing now is we have a Substack, um, and it's the Top Hat Studios, and it's uh, something we're trying to do weekly, um, just to keep the audience engaged. Because after talking with a lot of veterans that have been doing crowdfunding for a while and are really building a good audience, uh, things get lost in the social media algorithms mm-hmm. a lot. So the best way to do that, and the people that genuinely want to see it, just uh, have a fun newsletter that we everyone can follow along. Yeah, Substack's awesome. great. It's a great way to to keep people in, in the loop of what's going on. Yeah. All right. And that's just under grandma. Ch- like, where do you find that Substack? Like, how do you, yeah, do it's, the, yeah, it's just, you search on Substacks for some reason, someone already had top hat studios. So we are the top <laughs> hat studios. So I'm curious. Uh, so yes. Caps of Fury, right. Is still your handle yep. for everything. Okay. Yeah. Twitter. For the, yep. for the Tweety box. And, uh, my Instagram handle is willrad82, and uh, if you're interested in checking out any of my film or video work, uh, it's vimeo.com slash willrad, W-I-L-L-R-A-D. Nice. And then Chad, go ahead. Chad, <laughs> um, uh, Tweety Box, green screen grin. There you go. What, no Instagram now? No, I don't use Instagram. Fuck that place. 
Yeah, he said no. Boo. Still on Letterbox, boo. right, Chad? You're logging stuff on yes, Letterbox? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm still on Letterbox, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the same thing there if you want to find me. I don't know. Green screen, grand. Yeah. Okay, see? There you go. Go ahead, Chris. So you can find me on Twitter at CVCMonkey. You can find me on Instagram at XTopher of Oz. And I'm on Letterbox, but just go through Chad or Josh to find me there because I'm friends with them. Hey, it's my brand. Yeah, there's that brand. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, the easiest thing to do to find get a hold of me is linktr.ee slash YNF moviepod. It'll have your social media, podcast platforms, YouTube channel, my letterbox, so you can see what I'm watching that's not on the pod. And this Friday, I'm going to switch this up. I was going to put this out Friday, but I'm going to go ahead and get it out Tuesday so it'll be out there early as possible so that you guys have the most mm-hmm. chance. You will hear Chad come on and discuss 1997 Spawn. <laughs> So if he mentions that your guys are coming on later, because I already got the episode edited and I can't remember what I say. Way to go, that's editing why I'm just Josh. switching up the release no, dates on those. Josh. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm, <laughs> I'm not re-editing that episode. It's not happening. Next week, I got Ari Aster's Midsummer coming with Fright Mike Pod. After that, Chris will be coming on for Rejuvenator. Anthony Brownlee with Nightmare on Elm Street retro- Retrospective, where we cover all of Nightmare on Elm Street. Closing out the month with Ed from the Film Effect talking about Blair Witch Project. So that's what you have to look forward to in the month of October. Till next time, you guys take care. <laughs>